welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. It's been another massive week in the NFL. The uh, the Lions made a statement on primetime. His uh, rookie records, uh, defenses that we've been talking about kind of shut the bed. But, uh, a huge, a huge week four of the NFL to, to go through, leading into a, a, a decent week five as well. But uh, Ryan Lapore, thanks again for uh, for jumping on. How's, how's your week been? Yeah, excellent, mate. Um, as we just discussed quickly off air, uh, it's been a pretty exciting weekend in my household being Mad Collingwood. So hot pies. Hot pies. We, hot pies. Uh, the flag pies came through and uh, started off a, a fantastic weekend and then um, capped it off by some, some brilliant football. And some and some not so brilliant football to in week four of the NFL and uh, it's always an interesting kind of um, point of the season. This one now we've we've obviously a month in, we're starting to see a bit more of a sample size of all the teams, um, and then now we start the buyers. So you know the the season grind begins and and you know it's a uh, scram mad scrambles in fantasy and you know of course when when the buyers start. So uh, now looking forward to it and it, it feels like a real NFL season now. But uh, only the two undefeated teams and. Yeah, it's it's a very tight season at the moment. Very tight, very tight season. But um, we mentioned it at the top, Lions, uh, Detroit making a statement on on prime time. I think that was one of your uh, one of your talking points that you wanted to to go through. You've been bullish on on the Lions um, all through the preseason and in, into the season proper. But um, yeah, they look all right, don't they? No, for sure. I mean, again, um, you know, they obviously kicked off the season with a. A really impressive victory in Kansas City, and then to go into Green Bay and and essentially really give the Packers a beatdown, especially in that first half, which they they set up the game. They led by twenty seven points to three. It was a complete domination in that in that first half, and they're just finding so much success running the football. They've got a you know it makes it a big difference when you've got an offensive line that can hold up, and mm. of course they've still got some pretty key playmakers on offense. And then they've got a, a, a pretty solid defense that um, caused Jordan Love and, and the Packers a lot of trouble on Thursday night. And, yes, I know there was a few key players missing for the Packers. But, yeah, another emphatic win for the Lions, who has been few and far between, especially on primetime when they get that opportunity. So they've come out and and shown the world that they're a, a real force in the NFC for mine. And um, we'll get into it a bit later. But, um, yeah, I do think I can see them. Certainly winning that division, and um, it's something kind of I've always kind of been bullish on, as you mentioned. But yeah, why why can't they be a, a real NFC contender, especially with you know as much as the Eagles are win, uh, undefeated, and you're still a very very good football team, and I still think yeah, they're a couple of rungs ahead of the Lions. For mine, I think um, the Lions are knocking on the door and could be pen- potentially be a bit of a smoky as we get into the season. They're just welcoming back. Um, well, he will be a rookie. He will only play his first NFL game this week, take his first snap in Jamison Williams, who was one of the highly regarded wide receivers to come out of um, last year's rookie class. And uh, I think he did have a couple of snaps last season before he did his ACL or just after he did his ACL when he came back and then he got suspended. Okay, well, yeah, either way. Yeah, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't had much of an impact no, yet. No, exactly. And I think to, to unleash his talent onto that offense would be is very exciting. So making sure they don't have any key injuries. And uh, as we've seen, you know, they kind of keep happening in the NFL, unfortunately, some some major injuries. If they can stay healthy, yeah, I think they can be a, a bit of a force. Yeah, I mean, it goes to show how important the, the two lines are, right? Like for, for, mm. forever, they haven't had strength on on the defensive line or the offensive line. And now they, they've, they've got some guns on both on both lines, um, Aiden Hutchinson keeps going from from strength to strength. He looks like a real, real star in the making. Uh, obviously, they've got um, Sewell, Sewell, 
however you say his Saul, yeah. Saul his surname. Um, they drafted in in the last couple of drafts. Um, it just mm. looks like a, a bit of a monster as well. Yeah, still still raw and still plenty of development. But you imagine the the trajectory of those two careers and how good they can be over the next decade for for the Detroit Lions. It is pretty scary. I did want to raise one thing about the Lions, and they are super frustrating from a fantasy perspective. I've got Jameer Gibbs, uh, who's kind of my RB2, and when he had the ball, was impactful. I think he was he was averaging like six yards per carry, but they kept giving it to uh, to David Montgomery, and I get it on the goal line, but, but you know, first down, second down, et cetera, um, and he's averaging two and a half, three yards per carry, and you've got the, the rookie who's just dynamic and you know fitting between gaps and and moving the chains, and and you just keep giving it to to David Montgomery. Montgomery was was uh, a little confusing and and more than a little frustrating for uh, fantasy owners. <laughs> what did you, you make of that move? Yeah, look, I think I said a couple of weeks. I, I can kind of see Montgomery being that bull and. They're certainly putting him in more, you know, of those goal line situations for sure. But he had almost thirty carries. So like so like you said, he's yeah. been almost like that bell cow and kind of using Gibbs on that change. Um, change or that third down kind of play, and, and that's about it at the moment. They still want to use him a bit more out of the backfield as a passing threat. But as as the season goes on, I do think that that um the usage will kind of split a bit more and and you know become more of a fifty fifty split and they'll use Gibbs. And hopefully he'll have keep having fresh legs later in the season. So I think that's kind of what they're looking at doing at the moment. But it's been working at the moment. Montgomery has been, um, like you said, their their bull and their their absolute um, red zone threat. And he, he's running it in. He had what three touchdowns on the weekend. So he's um, he's having a massive impact. Yeah. So. Huge impact. Huge impact. But I mean, going from from one rookie that isn't quite getting the usage uh, that we expect or that we'd like to see to another rookie that is getting more usage than anybody ever expected. Uh, rookie record breaking Los Angeles Rams receiver. Uh, how have you seen Puka Nakua? Wow. He, he has been something else, hasn't he? He's, he's genuinely just fitted into Cooper cup and it's like Cooper cup never left. It's, it's incredible. Isn't there? Like um, there's no doubt the Rams are going to look a lot better with Cooper cup um, alongside Nakua, but wow, what, a, what an impact he's had. And, um, as you mentioned, he's breaking records from everywhere. He's had an, another nine catches on the weekend, um, including the the game winning touchdown or reception in in overtime. So he's doing it all. He's been an absolute beast um, fantasy wise. Probably the second best receiver in football behind Jefferson at the moment, which is just hard to believe <laughs> that he would have gone undrafted in many drafts um, and and dynasty ones. He probably would have been picked up in any kind of redraft situation. There's every chance he was left on the the scrap heap and. And people were clamoring to get him in from the waiver wire. And and similarly, um, mm. I know he's not a rookie, but Kyron Williams has just been an absolute bull again for, you know, he's just a bell cow for for the Rams. They've literally got no one to back him up now that Akers is gone and he's had um five rushing touchdowns already, um, six in mm. total. He's it's it's just been an unbelievable start by um those two Rams players. Um so well done if you've managed to pick them up in the draft or or from the waiver wire, but you're laughing um, and stocks are rising from those two players. Absolutely. They run into your Eagles this week, though, which will be very interesting to see how they yeah. play the Rams. Very interesting. Very interesting. But we might get to that a little bit later on. But, I mean, I thought I thought Van Jefferson was set for a, a fast start mm. to the season with with Cup injured. I thought he was kind of the obvious choice to, to take those extra, extra snaps, um, extra targets, et cetera. But, um, those two young guys uh, in LA have just been a, a revelation, and, and just to yeah, if if you haven't heard 
about the records. Um, Nakua broke the NFL rookie record of 30 receptions through four games. That was held by Anquan Bolden uh, from 20 years ago in his rookie season. Um, his 501 yards surpasses Bolden's 464 yards in his first four games. Bolden obviously finished that, that rookie season with 101 receptions for nearly 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns, which is incredible. But already with nine receptions for 163 yards, uh, as you mentioned in, in this game, he's uh, 39 catches for 500 yards through four games. And even before the fifth game, he's got more yards, more receptions, sorry, than the five-game record set by Reggie Bush in 2006, which is just like that is elite. That is elite company to be in. Well, Reggie Bush as well, you think he, he was obviously a running back. So then you compare that to what Nakua is doing down the field and, um, you know, as, as a wide receiver, it's, uh, yeah, it's an incredible feat and he's, um, yeah, what a start to his career. And then they've got the midget Tutu Atwell who's, who's kind of playing <laughs> second fiddle behind uh, Nakua. So it's kind of left Van Jefferson down the pecking order when, like you said, many would have thought he was kind of due for that that breakout season or at least in the, main, in the interim while Cooper Cup recovered from his... Multiple injuries, the poor guy. But uh, look, what a what a find for the Rams, and um, yeah, they're they're doing a lot better than probably most expected due to these these phenomenal um, young players. Mm, mm. Um, someone who finally had the day that we've been waiting for, Justin Fields in Chicago. Uh, the Bears are still awful, and they will be all season. But Justin Fields had that game that we've been expecting for a while. Uh, Passing, probably not as not as strong with the, the legs as, as no. we expected, but but throwing the ball well, uh, throwing some some TDs. But um, is this what we should be expecting from Justin Fields moving forward, or was that an outlier? Do you reckon? No, I don't think that's something we could probably go to, to expect. Unfortunately, I think he'll get brought back to earth on Thursday night against a very very good defense in the Commanders. Um, well, a much better defense anyway than the Broncos, mm. who were awfully Awful. bad on defense. <laughs> So I think that Historically kind of um, almost yeah certainly certainly made Fields look better. But yeah, he did have his best career day, uh, especially with his with the, with passing. Obviously, four passing touchdowns over three hundred yards passing. But the concern for the Bears is if Justin Fields is doing that and they're still losing, um, yeah, it, it makes it hard to see the Bears kind of having well any success really this year. I I, I don't think they'll go winless, um, but. Jesus, it's hard to see him kind of breaking out for a win, and that was the time. And, and I'm sure not many people tipped the Bears last week. But, you know, if you're up by 21 points pretty much at three-quarter time, essentially, it was just before uh, the end of the third when uh, Denver scored to make it get it back to 14. But goodness me, to kind of shit the bed in that situation was um, pretty gut-wrenching for the Bears fans. And, yeah, it's going to be a long season, as we already know. And, and it's just a curious case of... Um, you know, he did that as well with four passing touchdowns and, of course, Chase Claypool, nowhere to be seen, um, a healthy mm. scratch. Uh, I think his tenure in Chicago, very short-lived and really, really awful for, for both uh, Claypool himself and that organisation. But, yeah, goodness, that looks like it's um, come crashing down. I don't know if he'll uh, suit up again for the Bears. It doesn't seem like he's um, keen on doing that after not rocking up to the game either where all the other... I think all the other players that worst healthy scratches were in attendance. Yeah, and no, I think they told him to stay away. To be honest, I think they. Yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be very, very surprised to see him suit up and and play a, another snap for for Chicago. Um, 
which raised the question. I mean, another super talented kid coming through from from a few years ago that hasn't really developed in the way that you know I think we would have hoped or or thought that he might have, especially coming through that that Steelers system. But um, yeah, it's just interesting, strange days in in Chicago. That's for sure. Uh, another defense or that uh, that wasn't able to perform. Uh, we were hoping for for a little bit more out of the the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it was great game, but uh, probably thought that we might see a little bit more out of uh, out of Miami. Yeah, look, I think. Um... You know, their defense certainly hadn't been their strong suit in the first opening three weeks, but they've just been managing to score so many more points than everyone else. But, um, yeah, the Bills showed them that, you know, that you need to be pretty efficient on both sides of the ball and the Bills were ruthless on defense. They um, they pressured um, Tagovaila 14 times. They sacked him three or four times, a couple of turnovers. They were all over him. And, you know, when, when Tua went down and marched down the field and um, Miami answered – Buffalo's opening drive with a touchdown, you thought, here we go. This is going to be an unreal game. It's just going to be um, score for score. But the Bills, like I said, um, just kind of flex their muscles. And for mine, and I know you've kind of corrected me, and I weren't, wasn't saying that they're favourites with the bookmakers. I think they're favourites now in my eyes, especially especially what they've done over the last three weeks um, in the AFC and kind of seeing the Chiefs stumble a little bit and it didn't fill me with great confidence, the Chiefs on – on their Sunday night matchup against the Jets um, to allow the Jets back into that one. And if not for um, the boys in black and white, uh, the result could have been very different. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs got away with one there, and I think um, the Bills now look the class in the AFC for mine. Yeah, interesting one. I, one of the the points you made last week, I think we were talking about kind of overs or unders in, in that game, and, and straight away you said, got to go overs. The, the line was 53 and a half. Yeah. It's, and they went well over that in the third quarter. End up what twenty seven, something twenty eight points, something like that. Uh, sorry, sixty eight points. Sixty eight points. Um, sixty eight points. So we're well, well over. So well, well played by you on that one. But um, I, I was a bit surprised that it was only fifty, like low fifties. Yeah, when, well, that, we that's what shocked week. me. I thought it would be up near the sixty mark, um, or at least the mid power of the Bills, Bills D, I guess. Yeah, but um, yeah, they certainly showed that, that you know as well when when Josh Allen's. Playing that well, he, he's the best player in football as much as, you know, almost like so, it, you know, four touchdowns, throwing uh, one with his legs, massive day for him and, and the Bills in general. They obviously lost Tredavious White, which is devastating. Uh, Achilles injury, um, another one down uh, for the season, you'd think. But in better news for the Bills, they potentially could get Von Miller back this week. I don't know why they risk mm. him flying over to London. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think... Um, Apparently he's a chance, but uh, I'd be keeping him the powder dry. Yeah, interesting. Like you said, I did correct you in the run sheet because you had the, the Bills' favourites in the AFC, and they're not quite. They're nearly there. But someone who has rocketed back up those those uh, markets is Josh Allen. And really, what I, what I wanted to ask you is, do you think Josh Allen should be favourite for the MVP? After what we've seen, is it's really only been a game and a half. He's favourite now. Yeah, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> that's not correct. I, I, I still think um, potentially Tua, he's in front of him. If you think, if you, if you look at the um, season in as a whole uh, or in, in totality, mm. but the other guy, and it's probably a good segue, we can probably jump over to that point. It, it, it's, it's not a quarterback at all that could probably lead the betting yeah. for, for MVP. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's been a couple of times in the last few years that we've spoken about the potential of a non-QB 
MVP. We, we talked about Cooper Cup a couple of years ago. We talked about Christian McCaffrey a couple of times over the journey. But if there's any non-QB that's going to win it this year, it has to be Christian McCaffrey after what he's shown in the first month of the season. Like, this is ridiculous stuff from CMC. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just having a quick look now. You can still get $21 for the great man down there. Um, it just shows you it is a QB award, but goodness me, you couldn't have asked for a better start for Christian McCaffrey. Craft, uh, Christian McCaffrey scored in every game, um, including four uh, on the weekend. Just doing 20, please. 23 bucks on sports bet. Yeah, even better. There you go. But uh, um, I think that's still outstanding odds and, and value for a man that's um, just been yeah. the best player by far in any other skill position other than the quarterback for mine. And, um, you know, you know that the Niners are going to win 15, well, maybe not 15, but, you know, at least 12 games, 13, 14 games, mm. potentially. Um, he's going to get no shortage of usage um, and he's in the perfect offense to for him to excel. So, um, yeah, he's worth a shekel or two. 100%. And just looking at those markets now, and something that I hadn't realized when I was looking at this a little bit earlier, but the absurdity of this market and, and of this award is that Brock Purdy is 15 bucks, and Christian McCaffrey is $23. Yeah. That is absurd and insane. <laughs> and if you agree, if you agree with uh, Mr. Laporo here, then I reckon you should should chuck a little shekel on it um, and have a play because I think that is – that is very decent value. Very, very decent value. It's a great, it's a great analysis or a great assessment of the award, isn't it? To say that Purdy, who has been solid, absolutely, he's been solid for sure. He's done what been he needs fine, to do, but absolutely not the MVP, not anywhere close to the MVP. And um, as much as I love Big Cock Brock, there's no way he should be shorter than Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's just <laughs> uh, insane. But look, um, that's the that's the beauty of that that Niners offense, they can kind of do as they please. And crazily, um, Debo was barely cited on the weekend. Yeah. Um, cost us yeah, it was an interesting one. It did, did, it did. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some question marks over Debo coming into the game. Mm. Uh, but, but pretty much all week they were saying they expected him to suit up and he was going to be okay. But, I mean, just had zero impact, didn't he? Zero impact, very little usage. Very few targets. Um, I think he ran the ball once or twice, had two targets. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, some. So speaking of Brock Purdy, some would say that the offensive rookie of the year favorite is having a better year than Brock Purdy is at quarterback for the, uh, the, the Niners. CJ Stroud, again, has shown what a baller he is. It was one of your talking points last week is what a baller CJ Stroud is. They... What he's doing with limited resources in Houston is just, it's yeah, fun. It's, it's really fun. It's brilliant, especially the last fortnight that he's hes led them to two really big wins. I mean, they they took care of the Jags pretty comfortably and they've absolutely smashed the Steelers. And um, he just played amazingly well again. He Nico Collins has become an awesome wide receiver yes. and, a, and a genuine RW1 in fantasy teams, and he's been huge. The rookie Tank Dell, not as effective on the weekend, but he's been really strong for them. And outside of that, he doesn't have too many weapons, does he? But he, he's managing no. to just keep no. the ball. He hasn't thrown any interceptions yet. Again, he's thrown over 300 yards. He's having an unbelievable season. And, yeah, like I said, I think, um, as, as, you know, look, he was taken behind um, Bryce Young, of course, who went number one. And chalk and cheese at the moment, isn't it? I know Bryce Young's going to be a good mm. player. And, 
yeah, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things that, you know, you kind of have to have size in the NFL. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think Bryce Young is a bust by any means. Set. You know, mm. he's got talent and, you know, it's four games into his career. But CJ Stroud just comes in, comes in and looks ready-made, doesn't he? Like Anthony Richardson yeah. as well. Um, obviously, he's a lot more flaky and we know that he's going to have a bit more um, you know, not be as probably as assured with the ball as, as Stroud has been. But, yeah, wow, it's what, a, what a start. And like you said, it's going to be a really fun game this week against the Falcons, the Texans. And uh, Yeah. Um, you'd have to give the edge to, to the Texans just at the quarterback position because of well, what Stroud's doing. 100%. And, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but I, I find it amazing that, um, that Houston are $2.10 10 outsiders. In that matchup, yeah, um, it's it's obviously yeah, we, we, uh, we haven't spoken much one, betting but... over the <clears throat> we haven't spoken much betting over the course of, of this season yet, but um, we might start start a little bit later on um, with, with a couple of little plays and, and markets towards the end of the, the episode, but um, yeah, I just I just can't believe it's like one seventy five two ten, like I think that's crazy odds for Houston. I'm not sure what the um, the stats or the what the records have been for teams coming back from London the week after. Obviously, it's mm. a it's a short. I mean, it's a short turnaround. It's a week turnaround, like anyone else. But the fact that they have to get on a plane, they've just flown into London. They've got to fly out. Um, they did nothing in London. I mean, they put up seven yeah. points. They were they were pretty awful actually against the Jags, the the Falcons, and um, yeah, coming back home, the Texans was a two on the trot. Yeah, the, I, I think you're right. I think there's probably a bit of an over. Um, well, the odds makers are probably a little bit incorrect in, in that one. I think um, the Texas probably deserve to be favourites for sure. Yeah, at, at least even at least even money. Yeah. I reckon. and but, and um, to the other point that I wanted to quickly make on on the Texans was they they could be division winners. I mean, everyone in the AFC South at the moment are sitting at two and two. It's so wide open. Yeah. I called it at the start of the season that the greatest lock of all time is the Jags winning that division, <laughs> and I'm shitting my pants at the moment because uh, the Texans look like. They could be division um, division winners. They 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 completely look like they can compete on offense. Um, from what we saw, they what they did to the Steelers last week, they could potentially do it on defense too. But they're building a little bit. Um, I know it's going to take some time for the Texans, but uh, at two and two, they're within a shot. I mean, it's a long way to go, but um, the way CJ Stroud's playing, um, you know, anything's possible. He's he's taking them on a wild ride at the moment. I, I still think you're right, to be honest, about the Jags in, in the AFC South. Um, and I still feel like the, the Texans are going to get better on offense, I think. Um, what they've shown so far shows enough that there's potential for them to be a, a pretty good offensive team. Um, defensively, they're awful. They're, they're terrible. And, and I, know, I know they showed a little bit against the Steelers, but offensively, the Steelers are awful. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I still think I still think you're pretty safe with the Jags. The Jags haven't sh- haven't shown us anywhere near their potential, uh, and I know there's no guarantee at all. But I do feel like uh, you know with Dougie P and and Trevor Lawrence, like there's there's too much talent for them not to put it together. And, and I think they will over the next couple of weeks or the next month, um, and, and kind of take that take that division by the uh, the scruff of the neck. Mm. But um, Speaking of, of a tough division and I guess some question marks, the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, uh, that was that was not fun. That was not fun. No. And that division is not fun. <laughs> um, 
Do, have we learned anything about who the Baltimore Ravens are or who the Cleveland Browns are? Because I'm really, I'm, I still, I'm not sold on either of them, and I'm not sure either of them are terrible, but I'm also not sure that either of them are good. No, look, I, from what the Ravens did to the Browns on the weekend, I think the Ravens now have to be the the favourites for the AFC North and and probably decent favourites. I mean. I, they are. I declared are the ta- in the take bag last week that the Bengals would still win that division. Um, I certainly didn't envision that they would get blown out by the Titans and be sitting at one and three. It's last chance saloon. We'll get into the Bengals shortly. But, yeah, for now, I don't know what to make of the Ravens. And, again, I still think they're untrustworthy, but they are certainly more trustworthy than the Browns, as we, we've discussed at nauseam throughout this season and um, episodes gone by. But... Obviously, Deshaun Watson didn't play on the weekend. Yeah, maybe that help. kind of it's a it's obviously a different dynamic when he's not there. And you've, you're throwing a rookie quarterback in. They couldn't run the ball against the Ravens. Um, the Ravens certainly had no trouble with that. Um, Lamar Jackson again, what he does, he looked, looked like back like he was an MVP again. Um, they still got some key injuries too. Ravens, they they got a, some players to welcome back, so. Shot Bateman still yet to suit up. Um, obviously, OBJ is out. A bunch of guys in the secondary. Um, so, yeah, look, I think um, the Ravens have to be the clear standouts in the AMC North at the moment. But as we know, these divisions always go down to the wire. And, um, mm. yeah, it's an interesting one. Baltimore this week at Steelers. So they could really kind of drive a wedge between them and the some some of their rivals with another big win in Pittsburgh this week. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's hard to know what to make of either team at this stage. But, yeah, certainly the Ravens look more trustworthy again. But um, And, you know, maybe that loss to the Colts wasn't so bad because India kind of showing a little bit of something. Yeah, look, I... I'm not. I'm not sold on the Ravens. I, they are short favourites now to win that division. Mm. I think they're a dollar sixty something like that. Yeah, wow. Um, which is one of the shortest uh, around at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm not ready to jump off the Bengals just yet. They're seven dollars to win that division. If Ooh. if you still like them to to get on a, a second half run like they did uh, last season. Um, that might be a, a little futures play, but yeah. um, look, I, we'll, we'll talk about the Bengals in a minute. It's probably a good segue to the Bengals in, in a minute. But look, the, the Ravens surprisingly are a, a top four DVOA team. They're 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 ranked tenth on offense and fourth on defense. They're they're a pretty good team, but I just don't know how good when they come up against good teams. I'm still not sure that they've got enough to trouble the good teams. I, I'm I'm not sure that we'll learn enough out of this week against the Steelers because I, I really don't rate the Steelers that highly. And and the Ravens should pummel the, the Steelers, but we know what those games are like and, and it's going to be a slugfest. You know, it's, it's, they're going to be punching each other in the head from from whistle to whistle. Um, and it, that could go down to the wire uh, completely. But yeah, the, the Browns are really disappointing. Obviously, like you said, Deshaun Watson out doesn't help and, and having a rookie QB doesn't help, especially when you're, you're down your... Your, your number one running back, um, you know, no, there's there was no cohesion between QB and and receivers for obvious reasons, and, and we know Deshaun Watson hasn't been classic Deshaun Watson, um, but he's still been good enough, I thought, and, and that was a big big out for them, and probably one that that we might have underrated um, 
going into the, into that week. But um, yeah, I, I, there is always that question mark about Cleveland as to whether the Browns are Browning or it was just uh, just one of those games that just you know everything went against them and and they were out muscled from from start to finish. But um, the Bengals. You mentioned last chance saloon for for Joey Burrow and the Bengals. That was that was really hard to watch for a, a franchise that has mm. so much talent. They are so talented on offense. That was a really really hard watch. It was, and and look, he hasn't looked like himself all year, Joey B. And uh, unfortunately, he's had some really bad games. Obviously, two bagels now, uh, essentially, and. Um, Obviously, they've lost T. Higgins potentially for for an extended period. Although I'm now reading that he might be suiting up this week, even though he did crack or fracture some ribs or whatever happened to him. But and well, Burrow can't hit him. No, so it certainly no, wasn't no. certainly look, wasn't the ball hitting him in the ribs. <laughs> look, I know we we saw Jamar Chase have a have a feast um, the week prior, and um, we thought that was kind of him getting back into his groove, and we thought we could see some. Um, that's continued, but yeah, it was obviously the opposite again on the weekend. And I don't know, he, he kind of, from what he kind of said in the locker room, was that kind of a jibe at Joe B mm. there? Like he, he said, he's always open, but uh, yeah. look, for the Titans to do that against Cincy, they were good, the Titans, but um, yeah, we don't want to be seeing a Titans team that we know is going to be, you know, around that 500 mark um, running up the score against um, what we thought was a Super Bowl contender. So look, they, they look to be completely broken at the moment. Um, they've got the Cardinals this week, which on paper looks like a, a gimme potentially, but what the Cardinals have done in the opening couple of weeks, it's anything but. So I'm a little bit nervous, but um, I did declare, like you, like you said last week, that they could still win that division and I'll have to stick fat. But it's, yeah, I think this is, it's um, if they can't win this week or if they barely scrape over the line, then I'm a little bit concerned. It's a it's a long way back. It's yeah. a long way back if, if they can't if they can't get over the line this week. But if there is if there is a, a week that they're gonna put it together, it's probably this week. I mean, you know, it could be the Bears or the Texans on on D, but you know, the next best thing is the Arizona Cardinals. They're thirtieth in, in DVOA defense. Um they're awful both pass and rush. Um they they just can't stop an offense when it's on a roll and and I, I do what you mentioned that that kind of Jamar Chase dig at, at Joey B in the in the locker room. You wonder if there is some some stuff going on behind the scenes. Obviously, I mean Joey B had an interrupted preseason. We know that with the calf, whether he's one hundred percent, he doesn't look right. Um, but where they're at in the course of the season, you can't you can't not play him now because you need him. Mm. Um, going in with a, a backup QB now is is even more of a disaster than a, a not fit Joe yeah. Burrow. Um, no, nah, he has to keep but if fighting it out. Absolutely. That's if there's ever a week that, that you know, you kind of stack Burrow to chase in fantasy or daily fantasy or just play the play the markets, then this is probably it. Um, because you hope you hope with the talent and, and I think the cohesion that we've seen on offense over the last couple of years that they'll put it together. And hopefully they can get over whatever it is that they're dealing with and, and whatever. But, you know, feed feed Jamar Chase. And if you're Joe Burrow, you go into this kind of, yeah, maybe not narrowing the eyes and just focus on, on Jamar Chase, but surely you've got to give him as many opportunities as, as is, you know, possible. Yeah, um, sure. So, 
yeah, I'd, I'd be looking at I'd be looking at those two to, to kind of um, feature on offense, and, and I do think a, a little bit like um, uh, like we just said, I think there's too much talent there for them to to stay as bad as they've looked in the first month. I think they will put it together, but if they don't get up this week, it is a long, long way back. Um, speaking <laughs> speaking of a long way back and teams that aren't looking good, the uh, New England Patriots. We, we talked about the Pats last year as being one of the worst teams in Bill Belichick history in New England. And we got it wrong mm. last year, but maybe we were just, maybe our timeline was a off. A bit premature. Yeah, oh, that was um, awful for the, for the Patriots um, on the weekend and incredibly Bill Belichick's worst ever loss in uh, his uh, Hall of Fame coaching tenure. Uh yeah, I'm not sure what to make of the Patriots. It's a long way back for them at the moment. I think they're they're going to be obviously the the um, the dunce of that that very tough division. But uh, they're also playing for his career, Mac Jones. I think at the moment now, like that was he's probably one of his worst games. He had some awful ones last year, but that was probably his worst. And he did get I don't know if they you want to call it a benching or if he got rested or what what that was. Mm. But uh, Bailey Zappi did come yeah, in. That was a benching. Yeah, it was a benching. Well, yeah. How, how do they fight back this week? They're playing another team that was yeah. absolutely awful on offense last week in the Saints, uh, but they've also lost some huge names. Uh, Matthew Judon is going to be gone for a little while. Um, Ooh, Christian yeah, Gonzalez as well. Um, they've already got a bunch of guys on their um, on their IR or on their injury report. So, look, it's um, it's not looking good for the Patriots, but um, they can get fucked because they've had. They've had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably should call him uh, Matthew Gludon because he is the glue that holds them together. Um, <laughs> but look, yeah, they, yeah I, I completely agree. They they can go fuck themselves because they've seen enough to, to last a lifetime. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't care less if they finish bottom five for the next decade. I just could not care less. What well, one question that does intrigue me is if this is, the Patriots, and this is the trajectory that they're on this season. Can Robert Kraft sack Bill Belichick? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I don't think he will. I think he's got. I think he's got um, the job for as long as he wants it. Uh, I think he'll. Um, Bill Belichick's the kind of guy that might probably step away when he knows his time's up. I think anyway. So I don't think that. We'll get to that point, but uh, it's going to be a long season for the Pats, and it'll be interesting if um, if Belichick wants to kind of um, button button down the hatches and try and rebuild this roster, or if it's um, up for the next guy. But it's looking like a long season for the Pats at the moment. Mm. I just wonder if if BB has the appetite to uh, to take that on for much longer. It's so hard to read. Like he, he looks, Isn't he looks it? sad when they win a Super Bowl. So it's it, impossible to know <laughs> what he's thinking, but uh, yeah, look, I think he just loves football. So he probably won't give it up. Yeah. It's a hard one. I mean, guys like that, that have that willpower mentality. I, I feel like it's hard for them to walk away, even when they might know that it's time, mm. but uh, yeah, they've always kind of got that. I'm going to prove you wrong type mentality i think belichick has that in spades um the chiefs and the jets kind of i think you might have touched on it a little bit earlier but um zach wilson in new york 
He can't be, can he? He can't be the redeemer, but he was bloody good in that game. He he outperformed Mahomes. It was actually ridiculous. Well, well, uh, if you look at the stats yeah. again, more yeah. more completed passes, less interceptions, more touchdowns. Yeah. I think it was one of the first. I think I read it was like one of the first times in Mahomes' career that's ever happened. Um, and for it to happen against Zach Wilson is just ridiculous. But I don't know. There was the. God, the, the 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 players kind of looked like they responded, didn't they? They kind of got a fed off mm. the energy or fed off that energy that he could actually, you know, do something. So, um, yeah, I, you know, onwards and upwards for the Jets. I think um, well, I won't spoil it, but yeah, look, I think um, it was a really solid performance by the Jets, and a little bit concerning for the Chiefs, especially on their defense um, in that second half. I think. We know we know defensively the Jets are going to be pretty solid, um, and if they can keep that type of energy uh, around, then I think that does it. It does have the ability and the potential to impact on offense. And you know, Zach Wilson has now been there for a while. We know how much he struggled last season, but but even with those struggles, he still had the offensive rookie of the year. Probably had the two offensive rookies of the year um, with. with um, Brees before he went down and, and Garrett Wilson, obviously. Um, so Zach Wilson is not horrible. Like he's not Aaron Rodgers for sure. He's not Pat Mahomes, um, but he's not horrible. He can, he can get things done. And I think he was probably, probably lucky that the chiefs didn't turn up defensively. Mm. Um, and the chiefs did, you know, Kansas city did, um, did get away with one, I think there, but that's, that's what good teams do. Um, and you know Zach Wilson can't outperform Pat Mahomes when Pat Mahomes has Taylor Swift in his corner. So, oh, God. you know, that's it's getting, that's wearing thin now, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit. It is a little bit, but it is it is kind of entertaining. But um, yeah, look, I, I don't think the Chiefs have too much to worry about. Um, I think that the good thing for the Jets is that they can only go up from where we've seen over the yeah. last couple of weeks. Obviously, the Rogers injury is is awful, and, and nobody wanted to see that um you know we all wanted to see what Aaron Rodgers could do with Garrett Wilson and and that offense um knowing that they're really strong on on D um but the the opportunity is there for Zach Wilson kind of everyone expects him to suck everyone expects off offensively the Jets to suck um and so there's kind of no pressure to just go out there and play and and I'm kind of hoping that he can do that uh just for the narrative, I think that'd be a cool story mm. over the course of the season. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting it to be honest, but it would be cool. Uh, I, I'd like to see it. Um, Let me just quickly read you this stat because I was correct. Uh, first time in his nine-year college and NFL career that Mahomes had played in the game where an imposing quarterback had more completions, more passing yards, and more touchdown passes and fewer interceptions. First time ever. Yeah, but, but Zach Wilson he... also fumbled on his last possession and they never got the ball back, the Jets. So, look, um, Pat Mahomes has two rings. There's no way that you can even compare the two, but he did outperform him on Sunday night. Well, but again, like how many Grammys were in Zach Wilson's box? Yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> you know. It was his Tough stadium. Discussion. You never know who, who she was supporting. <laughs> Hard to tell from the coverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is she, she is from closer to New York than uh, Kansas City, that's for sure. Um, 
Speaking of New York, speaking of New York, and I know this is a controversial discussion because you've been a strong believer in the New York Giants in Big Blue. Uh, have you jumped off yet? I am well and truly off that ship, mate. I got what I needed to out Thank of them last God. year. Um, I can't remember if I actually – I was looking back. I, th- I think I might have even put them as a, as one of my wildcard teams this year over the Seahawks. I think you is, did. Um, a disgusting turn of events. I think um, I was tossing up between them and the Seahawks who I'd pick in my last – Spot and that was quickly emphatically proved um, incorrect with my decision <laughs> based off the result uh, on Tuesday our time Monday night football of course and that was one of the I was saying to you off air it was one of the worst games I've ever watched it was just that that Giants team just looked completely out of their depth the the offensive line inept they they're inept mate unbelievably bad and and look we knew it was probably going to be bad going into the game. There was no Andrew Thomas again, who was their clearly their best offensive lineman. Um, no Saquon Barkley, of course. But what I found interesting, and I wasn't aware until I heard on the coverage, but the Giants have taken the most offensive linemen in the last you know three, four, five drafts or whatever it was. They've been building that line, right, to try and protect mm. Daniel Jones, give him a bit more of a chance. And to their credit, they held up enough last year. But that Daniel Jones was bad. But it wasn't all on him. He he had players in his face at every opportunity. Um, and that Seahawks pass rush is, isn't bad. It's getting better. Um, they're looking good. More like the Legion of Boom. It was their equal most sacks in the game at 11. Um, it was mm. the most in the NFL ever well, since, I think, 2018, I think it was, or something like that. But incredible night for the, the Seahawks defense who lost Jamal Adams in his comeback game in the first, like, Opening minutes, unfortunately for him, but well, they've got a buy. They've got a buy, so he'll be. I think he'll be back for the next game. Yeah. Once they get a few players black, uh, a black, few players back, uh, they'll be. Um, yeah, they're getting. They'll get healthy. They've got left tackle Charles Cross out. Obviously, Gino was a bit banged up, but yeah, there's a few few injuries on that um, that Seahawks roster, and they, they look like they could be a playoff team again, of course. But um, yeah, that that season over for the Giants, they look horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I, I actually think that the, the mm. Seahawks are, are still a little bit underrated, um, and we, and we need to see more consistency out of that defense. I think, but um, yeah, I think I, I think the Seahawks are a, are a sneaky good team, and I just I, I want to say it because I haven't been able to say <laughs> it, and obviously you won the bet last season, and you won it fair and square, and well done, but I'm going to say it now that I was right. The Giants are fucking woeful, and I hope they eat shit and die. There. That's off my chest. I feel better now. Mate, you've been proven correct in the long run, but um, unfortunately for you, no money where your mouth goes this year, so we'll um, we'll move on. But, yeah, um, he looked like an absolute broken man on the sidelines, didn't he, Brian Dable, who was – Coach of the year last year, and it, you know, um, he did. Pete Carroll could have easily been in that discussion, and he seems to be getting better with age. The great man, um, the oldest coach in the league, still doing some. You know. The the way that he's rebuilt that franchise in the last couple of seasons with bit parts and replacement pieces, and you know, castoffs and and whatever is just amazing. Um, and, and full credit to him. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming last year. I thought they were going to be terrible last season. Uh, and then even coming into this season, I thought maybe last season was an aberration, like one of those out-of-the-box type things. But I feel like they might even be better this season. Um, 
and I feel like they're underrated, the Seattle Seahawks. But um, I do have, I do still have one more comment on the Giants that, that we'll get to a little bit later on in the take bag. Uh, but moving along to the season leaders, um, Tua, even after that performance against the Bills, D still leads the league in, in passing yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, will probably lead the league in receiving yards for the entire season. Puka could catch him. Who knows? And, and we'll probably... What's that? Puka could catch him. He's only about 40 yards behind. <laughs> well, he is. He is. But Cooper Cup's coming back, and that is going to take some uh, take some time away from, from Puka. Yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey is about a billion rush yards ahead of second place. I mean, it's, it's 460, but I think second place is like 350 or something. He's like 100, 100 yards, 110 something um, yards ahead of yeah, second place. Yeah. Um, still a still a tie for for the most sacks, a three way tie, three way tie for most sacks in the league. Last week it was two with TJ Watt and Josh Allen, and this week they've added Khalil Mack, also on six sacks. That happened to come all in the same game. That was pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, that was that was uh, against his old team, the team that drafted him. So it was pretty rude mm. on Mac's behalf. But yeah, I think uh, who were also awful. Yeah, that's very true. But look, um, yeah, Josh Allen had a big game in in London as well. But uh, yeah, TJ Watt no sacks this week. Steelers team as a whole didn't even get a sack. So he remains on six, but still leads the league with those uh, with Mac and Allen as well. And Zaire Franklin, Franklin's yeah, led, he's been leading all year. He's hasn't hasn't all year. Yeah, week one to week four, and, and just that's right. And just one of those little little things. Like I think India probably outperformed what we expected out of them. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's that's one of those. Yeah, there's a number of different reasons why, especially given some of the guys that they've been missing as well. But um, on defense, Zaire Franklin's a, a huge part of of why they've been outperforming those expectations. I, I, I would have thought. Yeah, and then interceptions. Jordan Whitehead, who still had that three, those three in week one, he still leads the league. But he's been joined. I think Jesse Bates had three going into last week as well. And then, of course, Deron Bland so, yeah. got one or maybe even two against the Patriots to jump into the equal share of the lead there with three as well. Now, power rankings, which is kind of a new segment this season, uh, turns out because of a number of factors that we've kind of alternated uh, doing these rankings each week, which I think has worked out really well in, in hindsight. And maybe we'll just keep doing it next week. I'll next week. I'll do the, uh, the rankings, but uh, this week is, is your rankings. There have been a couple of movers. Um, the Niners stay at number one. They've been at number one all season. The Eagles move into second spot. Yeah. Just saying undisputed um, number one, I think at the moment they're, um, they're yeah, still, a, I, they're, I still so, a, no doubt. they're still another tier above the Eagles at the moment as much as I think so. Yeah. Just yep. at the moment, um, yep. but you know that can always change. Well, I think the the I think the Niners are one of those teams where they are organically pretty much better than everybody else, just because of the way that their roster mm. has been built, the way they've <clears> built that franchise over the last five or six years. Um, they're always going to be competitive, even when they're they're not as good as you know maybe they should be, uh, and I think. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, you know, they've potentially not been firing on on all cylinders, but still getting the job done. And, and quite clearly, I think the best team in the competition at the moment. Um, the Eagles are kind of a kind of, you know, I've been saying it for four weeks straight, but just getting the job done, not not playing to expectation, not playing great football, 
but just getting the job done and it's a sign of a good football team. Um, but certainly, you know, there are still still concerns. They look very rusty. They look very lethargic. Uh, their defense was awful. The Eagles' defense against Washington was awful, especially in the first half. Mm. Uh, but then to let that let that lead slip late in the fourth was um, was really disappointing. Uh, but they have made some they've made some moves in the last couple of days. They brought Bradley Roby in um, a, as a free agent signing um, to, to kind of shore up that secondary. It'd be interesting to see if he actually gets much game time, I think, over the next couple of weeks because uh, he hasn't played much over the last 12 to 18 months. So that'll be interesting, but certainly not not playing up to expectations. But your boys, the Bills, you were a bit worried about them after after two weeks and they've, uh, they've snuck back into the third spot. Oh, after one week, I think. But um, look, I know they only played the Raiders week two, so it was hard to hardly get hardly um, get excited about that. But I've jumped them ahead of the uh, the Chiefs uh, and also the Cowboys for that matter, just off the base of that um, dominant display against the Dolphins, who were number two in the power rankings last week. So, look, uh, I think for the points that I made earlier about the Chiefs being a little bit more shaky on defense at this stage, I think I've got the Bills just slightly ahead of the Chiefs. And, look, I did have the Chiefs in four, but I did move the Cowboys back ahead of them and, and look, that's probably I did a want little to ask bit low to have the Chiefs at five. But uh, could either, you could go either way there. I think the Cowboys and the Chiefs um, are pretty much on level pegging there at four or five. So um, I've just given the Cowboys a nudge again just based off their recent performance a lot. Um, you know, again, they only played the Pats and, and the Chiefs only played the Jets or Zach Wilson. But... Um, that defense again just showed me um, that they are going to be a hard team to play, and I cannot wait for this game mm. um, against the Niners. I still think, um, yeah, I think the Cowboys are a sneaky, uh, a, a sneaky chance in that one. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that immensely. And then the Dolphins, uh, I've still got them in six. Um, haven't fallen too far. Um, just ahead of the Lions that uh, are sneaking, uh, climbing. Oh no, they didn't climb. They they stay at seven, but. Uh, Knocking on the door for that top six for mine. And then um, just on the lines quickly, well, um, actually, did I mention that in my – yeah, never mind. I'll, I'll move on. <laughs> the Ravens. <laughs> I, I did – I did I, – just, just going back a couple of spots to the Cowboys and Chiefs, I, I wanted to ask you, the, the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. Yes. The Chiefs lost to the Lions. Now the Cowboys are, are much better than the Chiefs defensively. I, I still think, as much as they kind of started on the weekend, the Chiefs are much better offensively. Oh, no, the the that's, that's a, that's a pretty controversial selection by you to have the Cowboys at four flip and the Chiefs at five, and, and I love it. I love it. Flip them back around. Honestly, but, I had I did, about, like I did have the Chiefs. I literally flipped them um, in the run sheet as I was going. I did have the Chiefs penciled in for four because that's where they were last week. But, um, again, yep. just based off what I saw in week four, I thought um, the Cowboys could be slightly ahead of them. But you can, can – we, we've, we've seen over like early in the season still, and there, there's always going to be a lot of movement. There has been over the first four weeks um, that, that these things have kind of fluctuated wildly at, at points. The one thing I wanted to mention about the Cowboys is how different they looked on offense with Michael Gallup fit and firing. And it certainly wasn't his best game ever, but he looked dynamic. He looked strong and athletic. And and when he's running on top of the ground and, and being able to elevate over defenders to to take catches and and you hit the ground running, I think that he's a really dangerous and really important part of that offense. And I think that 
missing him, maybe an underrated missing piece of that offense was just the way that they've missed that kind of second or third really big body <clears throat> um, athletic receiver. For sure. Um, it's a good call out. And that's because he was he yeah, was really on that a, upwards trajectory before he got yeah. before he himself last year. Um, yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting over the next couple of weeks to see how that progresses and and how Dak Prescott and he kind of build that chemistry again. But um, yeah, I, I love a bit of controversy. So, <laughs> so having Cowboys in four and Chiefs in five, uh, as much as I hate the Cowboys, is is cool. Um, the Lions in seven. Um, did you did you have a bit of a, a feeling to to push them up higher? Yeah, look, they were on the cusp of potentially um, going up to six based off what the Dolphins did last week. But I think what we saw from the Miami team in the first three weeks have kind of given them a few credits up up their sleeves. So I've left the Dolphins in six, Lions seven, the Ravens eight, and then the other three and one teams around at the top ten. The Seahawks mm. jump up to nine, the first time they've featured in our power rankings all year, and then the same with yeah. the Bucks who have jumped into the top 10 um, off a sneaky good win against the Saints. So push them up to 10th uh, ahead of an absolute logjam of two and two teams. Are you, are you surprised at the Bucks? Very, very. I def- definitely didn't see them going into to New Orleans and winning that game, especially with the ease that they did. They lost Mike Evans during the game, but Baker Mayfield completely outclassed Derek Carr. And, yeah, I'm worried about that Saints offense who just looked, short of ideas at the moment, don't they? And they got Alvin Kamara back. But, um, yeah, Derek Carr didn't look right. shouldn't have played. I'm not sure it would have made much of a difference if they'd played Jameis. But uh, I think that mm. might have been the right call to play Winston over Carr on the weekend. But, yeah, very interested to see this week how they can respond against the Pats who, who come to town, which is, um, yeah, enormous, uh, especially off what we saw last week. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And and then the next, I guess the next grouping, uh, kind of a bunch of two and two teams, and we'll just go eleven through fifteen. But you got the Browns, the Jags, Washington, the Chargers, and then the Packers in fifteenth, all at two and two. Um, are there any of those that kind of jump out at you as being kind of ready to take the next step um, and, and really push up those power rankings or? Yeah, look, I think... Yeah, it's, it's a really tough, tough kind of group at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a complete logjam. I think, as you mentioned before, the Jags could be the one to jump up and um, to be that kind of contender for the top 10 again. Um, Cleveland can't trust them at the moment. Washington will win this week and go to 3-2. and two. You'd think uh, LA are on the bye, but the Chargers are starting to kind of string together something. Mm. The only concern I had for the Chargers there was they kind of got out to a really big lead against the Raiders and then letting them back in. And, you know, despite Khalil Mack's career day, they could have almost lost that game or at least gone to OT if they didn't um, pick off O'Connell late in that game. But, yeah, then there's Packers who obviously were completely outclassed um, in the first half but but showed some some solid fight and, and won that second half against the Lions. And then you've got... Rams, Colts, Texans, Saints, Falcons, Titans, Steelers, all at two and two. Like it's a complete lottery mm. for the rest of those teams. And then I still think the Vikings are the best one win team in the league. Uh, unfortunately for them, they run into the Chiefs this week. But like like you and I were discussing, I can't remember if that was on air or off air, but it could be a closer game than we think. So, um, you mm. know, we know the Vikings can put up some points. So, yeah, interesting one that. And then our favorite part, the bottom three. <laughs> Bears obviously have part. not moved. They are thirty second nope. and rock 
bottom of the power rank, and and will be, I think, all season. Yeah, correct. I can't. See, I can't see them do something this the week and beat the Commanders, which I don't see well, as possible. But the Panthers, you know, there, there are a couple. Yeah, go on. There are a couple of other teams I think have the potential to to take that bottom spot, but it, it would take it would take some sort of miracle, I think, for for them to overtake the Bears for the number one draft pick. Well, um, the Broncos were on the cusp, weren't they? And then they kind of found something in that were, last quarter. Yeah. But uh, the Panthers, obviously, the only other winless team, they are second last or thirty first, and then. To your pleasure, and um, I've had to put the Giants in the bottom three. It's crazy, and I, know, and I was it's saying amazing. to you, like it's it's hard to leave the Raiders out of this because the Raiders are awful. Yeah, the Giants, after what I saw on Monday night slash Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon our time, that's as bad as game I've ever watched, and um, and it was just hard to watch because they were just completely out of their depth, it seemed, um, that offensive line. They could not do anything. Uh, and then, of course, the, the 97-yard pick um, just sealed it, didn't it? God, that was funny. Um, <laughs> they finally got something going. And then Witherspoon, who's a very, very good young player, um, went the length. He is. Completely put a put that game to bed. But the Giants, after what I saw, have snuck into the bottom three. Uh, and it's a hard job to do when you've got teams like the Broncos and the Raiders and etc. Mm. that aren't in that bottom three at the moment. So welcome to the club. Yeah. Giants. As as much as I love seeing the Giants there, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Raiders at the end of the season be in those those bottom three spots. Mm. I think they're just awful. But I'm having a lot of fun seeing the Giants suck. <laughs> um, and suck so badly. Like, not just suck, but suck so badly. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, coming up in week five, there's as you mentioned, it's it's not an it's not an amazing slate of games, but there are some some impactful games. There's some some games that have you know this early in the season that that results matter, um, and there are ones that I think that are going to be fun to watch. Um, Chicago and Washington is not one of them. <laughs> um, I can't say that I'm. I've set the alarm ready to make sure that I'm in front of a screen to watch the, the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders as much as, um, you know, I've got uh, I've got some cash on it later on and, and we'll talk to that in a minute. But Jacksonville and Buffalo in London again. Um, yeah, really interesting dynamic. Yeah, interesting one. Yeah, just for the fact that obviously the, 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 the Jags have been in London since last week a lot more acclimatized to the conditions and the um, time zone and everything else like that that goes with playing international. Um, the bill is going to fly in, fly out kind of thing, but they've obviously got the class edge there, but could be a could be a danger game for the Bills. Uh, I don't expect it to happen, but it certainly could be and very interesting to see because it would be the first time that a team has played two consecutive weeks um, internationally. So... Very interested to see how the Jags go acclimatising to the London conditions. And it's a city they've made their own. They'll be playing their record 11th game in London this weekend. What is it about Jacksonville and, and London? Like, I just, if if I had to think of kind of two polar opposite places, <laughs> it's like Jacksonville and London. I'm not sure if you could get more polar opposite kind of lifestyles. Money and- talks, I think. Yeah, they, they must have solved <laughs> Um, struck up a deal a, a few years ago because they've been going there for multiple years in a row now and, um, you know, similar to what happens here and locally in the AFL and NRL, a lot of teams sell 
games, home games away. But uh, there's obviously a lucrative deal there for the Jags to go and take the game into London. And I'm sure it'll get one. Well, we'll get one down here in in Melbourne or Sydney eventually. Uh, and unfortunately, it'll be the Rams. It seems with that. Uh, but <laughs> could be well, the Eagles. Could be the Eagles. Rams Eagles would be great. But um, which yeah. you know, coincidentally, who's who you play this week? That's that's right. And just before we get to that one, there are a few other games in that um, kind of Sunday afternoon, uh, yeah, US time, slate, Sunday afternoon, yeah. um, early slate that, that are intriguing, if if nothing else. I think the the Ravens Steelers is an interesting matchup. Um, like we said earlier, you know the Ravens should thump them, but we know what that matchup is generally like, and it's normally within a field goal. Mm. Um, and I think the odds the odds are kind of showing that. I think it's like a half a point line or a point line or something, which is crazy given what we saw out of Baltimore last week and, and Pittsburgh last week. Um, New Orleans and New England is an intriguing matchup just because the, 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 the importance of the result for New Orleans more than anything, um, if they can't get it done in New England, and it's obviously, a, you know, it's, it's a decent trip from, from New Orleans to, to Massachusetts, but, um, yeah, if they can't get it done in in New England, then there's some some question marks around New Orleans, as, as you've already touched on. Um, the Titans and Colts, another division rivalry that's always tight and tough. Um, where are you leaning in that one? Because that's another one that I think it's a half a point or a point line, and, uh, and just about Colts even money for me both ways at home. But the, yeah, I'm the same. The Titans have an incredible recent record against the Colts, which uh, mm. has me thinking that they could continue that, especially. What, but you know. Um, hard to take much out of what they did last week against the Bengals, who were completely in disarray. So, yeah, I think for me it's the Colts at home. Um, Anthony Richardson's been a lot of fun to watch this year. And, yeah, I think they can get the job done, but it's going to be a tight one again, as that always is with those two teams. And the Texans and Falcons, as we kind yeah, of touched on a little bit earlier, could be could be a really entertaining game. Absolutely, and and like you said, I think um, both of us think that the odds could be the other way around quite comfortably um, to the Texans' favour there. So um, mm. you're doing well to, if you're getting more than even money uh, for the Texans, who you know after we've talked about it, they'll uh, they'll dramatically shorten. I'm sure. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We are the money makers, the the money movers uh, in the NFL market. Um, Moving on to the, the, the latest slate, um, as you touched on, Philadelphia and, and LA, Eagles at four and zip, Rams at two and two. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised that the Rams are two and two. Um, w- where are you sitting with this one? Yeah, look, I I think you guys go in and get the job done, similarly to what you did in Tampa. Uh, probably not to that quite extreme you completely dominated that matchup but yeah i think uh yeah i think the eagles stay um undefeated and you continue that that streak um i really i really want to see the the philadelphia defense take this game on mm-hmm. and really attack the qb um yeah i want to see a, an aggressive secondary i want to see yeah attacking the ball <laughs> Um, looking for takeaways and, and turnovers and, and really getting back to that really aggressive kind of punch in the mouth type um, defensive mentality that that we used to out of Philly. Jalen Carter is in from, what was he, $9 preseason we, we spoke about um, for Defensive Rookie of the Year into a $1.90 for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, 
he's on he's on some pace mm. to uh to to being a really 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 good player in the NFL already um so yeah I, again just kind of hoping that we see an aggressive defensive performance out of Philly and I think that I think that the offense can get the job done but you know, I really want to see a, a defensive performance out of, out of them um Cincinnati and Arizona another really really important matchup more so for for Cincinnati than anything else yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, well, like we've discussed, it's it's must win now for since he. I think it's season over if they lose it, especially if they can if they mm. lose to a team like the Cardinals, who are supposed to be on the bottom of everyone's um, power rankings and to be up there for the number one pick this year. If they lose to them and go to one and four, I think it's season over for 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 the Bengals, and you could probably give Joe Burrow a few weeks off to rest up and get back to full health, but. Um, yeah, it's do or die for the Bengals, I think, this week, as early as week five. Um, New York and Denver, I don't think anybody gives a shit about that matchup. Um, Kansas City and Minnesota, 3-1 and one versus 1-3. One and three. Uh, I kind of feel like this game will be, should be closer than the, the win-loss records kind of say it, it should be. Yeah, look, for me as well, I, I thought um, the Vikings are with the puncher's chance to beat the Chiefs. We know they can score um, at home especially. We saw what um, the Jets were able to do, that Chiefs defense in the second half. You got Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson come on. I think, you know, they could. They, it wouldn't be a shock if they won. It'd be obviously an upset, but it wouldn't be a complete shock if the Vikings won that game. But I'll be uh, tipping the Chiefs um, not ballsy enough to, to Put put them on the line yet for that one? I, I think I might play the um, the Vikings line. To be honest, no, I was just going to have four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, mm. I would have hoped for maybe another point or two. But yeah, uh, yeah. But that's probably about yeah. I'll, I can get you can get a fat flat five with Tab, and okay. that might be enough to kind of um, sway me there. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Um, we know historically that the Chiefs. Are not a strong yeah, uh, against the spread. Yeah, they're, they're just not like it's just reality. Um, as as dominant as they've been for so long, they're just not a good ATS team. Um, and the Vikings, we know, are, you know, one possession team, and so it could come down to a field goal at the end. Um, wouldn't surprise me if that's a if that's a one or a three point game, kind of. So four and a half uh, is the line I think kind of at most books, but if you can get five or five and a half, absolutely. I think it's worth a play. Um, before we get to the game of the week, Monday night football, Green Bay, Las Vegas, the Packers need a bounce back. Yeah. And they'll get it. They'll get it against that pretty awful Raiders team. I think, um, yeah, Jordan Love will be eager. It's been obviously a long break from Thursday night to Monday night. Um, so yeah, I think the Packers get a bit healthier. They go into Vegas and win that comfortably. Game of the week, uh, Sunday night football, Dallas at San Francisco. Um, two of the best teams in the NFC, two of the best teams in the NFL. Um, you, I think you mentioned earlier that you wouldn't be surprised if, if Dallas um, pull one out here, but um, how do you see this one playing out? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because, you know, we know what the uh, Cowboys D could do. They could just get hot. Um, Purdy could have an off day. He hasn't had many, if any, uh, in his career yet to date. But uh, uh, the the Niners, obviously, at home are pretty hard to go past. They're not going to lose mm. too many games. Um, 
at home. Three and a half is probably about right. Um, probably lean to Dallas at the plus on that because I just think it's going to be a close one, but it, it could go the opposite way, you know. Um, the Niners could roll them and um, make a big statement, but impossible to tip against the Niners, especially at home. So um, can't wait for it, though. Look forward to seeing how they kind of match up because they'll be seeing each other again in the playoffs, no doubt. For sure, for sure. And and like like you said, defensively, the Cowboys could do anything against that offense. Um, yeah, the, the, the Niners' offense isn't really setting the world on fire, um, except for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, no, outside of McCaffrey. But, yeah, you know, if, sure. if Debo has another down day, if Brandon Ayuk, if they can cover Ayuk, then, you know, they're, they're, they're a shot for sure, especially if, if they can, if, if Dallas can turn their offense on. Um, and, you know, we talk about kind of the, the NFC East and, and the travel over to the West Coast and whatever, but for Dallas, it's not as much of a trip as it is for Philly or Washington or, or New York, right? Like, um, they're fairly central, southern but central, um, and it's it's you know two or three hour shorter trip than it is for for the other NFC East teams to to go over over west to San Francisco. So it's not it's not as bad a trip as it as it is for for their rivals in the NFC East. And I think you might be right; they could be a sneaky shot, a sneaky shot if they can keep that kind of progression with their offense. Then. Yeah, defensively, it's going to be a really good matchup and and looking forward to that one. Um, The take bag, again, new segment we started last week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, listening to the take bag. Um, Let us know on on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whatever. Let us know about um, if we've missed something, if you don't like one of the takes. um, It is kind of the point of the take bag to kind of pull something out and and just throw something out there. But... um, Run with it. Yeah, what's uh, what's your first take of the week? Yeah, I'll kick it off with uh, what I a little bit what I kind of was rambling on about last week, but I couldn't think of anything else this week. So I'll just say that the Lions are the clear clear number four seed in the NFC, uh, and they're in the conversation to be a potential potential championship contender. Uh, at least to get to that um, decider. So yeah, for me, it's a, a clear number four seed. Uh, in the NFC, who knows? Onwards and upwards for the Detroit Lions. You can get around ten bucks for uh, the Detroit Lions to win the win the uh, conference, uh, which is probably still a little bit short. I still think, yeah, to, that's that's to have a play at, but um, yeah, yeah, don't mind it. That's that's a take. That's a take. I'll give you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> um, my first one is that Isaiah Pacheco has the ability to be right up there with the best Kansas City running backs of all time. Uh, and there's some names there. There's Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, Priest Holmes. What Pacheco is doing right now is proving his ability to run the ball, find the gaps, um, be an every-down type player, uh, catch the ball, score. Yes, he's small, but... He's got no fear, uh, and he certainly doesn't take a backward step. And I really love what he's doing in that offense. Uh, and if he keeps that up, the trajectory that he's on is that he could be one of the best running backs in Kansas City that they've seen, and they've seen some good ones. Huge. Yeah, it's a big take, but I, I do like it. I think he's, um, yeah, really kind of um, settling in as that RB1 now and, and really taking his game to the next level. That was a, a huge performance on uh, Monday night, Sunday night, sorry. 
massive, massive. And and he's done it when it matters. You know, when mm. when they were struggling against New York, he pulled it out the Super Bowl. You know, or actually all through the the playoffs last season. Yeah. Um, you know, dude just balled out, and, and that's kind of the sign I think of one of those you know, dog mentality type guys is just when it matters, you pull it out and you do what's got to be done. And, and, and he's, he's done that every time. Um, what have you got next? Uh, for me, Zach Wilson, and it's probably not a huge take, but I think Zach Wilson goes into Denver and gets a win this week. Uh, I know the odds say that it's not a massive um, hot take, but they are slightly outsiders and it is still a trip into the mile high city, but I think I saw enough last week and against that Denver defense that the Jets could go in and get it done against Denver this week. Well, they are outsiders, the Jets. No, I'm so. happy with that take. I think he'll go in and get the win. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. My uh, my last one is that we, we spoke about it last week uh, about CJ Stroud and or was it last week or the week before maybe? Oh, last um, but the, the worst move of the offseason wasn't the Chicago Bears missing on CJ Stroud. It was the Giants extending Daniel Jones. And I th- I'm sure we talked about what that looked like at the end of last season. Um, I'm not sure we anticipated the Giants giving Daniel Jones the contract that they gave him. Uh, but it's clearly, it's clearly the wrong decision. Clearly the wrong decision. Yeah, look, uh, it seems that way early in the season. I still think he can – look, I'm not going to write the guy off yet, but it's potentially a long way back now. Um, the thing is, the Jets, the Giants don't have any other options in their armory to even you know have a look at a backup quarterback. They've got Tyrod Taylor, and that is it. They are the only two quarterbacks on the roster. <sighs> look, if he can get a line – that's healthy and can protect him. I still think he can be efficient. They've got some playmakers. They don't have a. They've got Darren Waller in. Then they're not even using. So look, it's mm. it's it's bizarre at the moment. But yeah, I just think that um, it's a broken offense at the moment behind that line. And look, Danny Jones is um, paying the price for that. But he's not as bad as what we saw him play on um, Monday night. But he has had a pretty awful awful start to the season. If if New York end up with a very, very early pick, and it's possible that they end up with a number one pick the way that we've seen them play draft the last few coming. weeks. I, yeah, I'd be taking... Caleb Williams Caleb is out Williams there. Is there. There's a few others. Um, yeah, I, I think they make a move if they're within the top five or so. They they probably do. You know, you know who would suit Danny Dimes? The Raiders, <laughs> they can go and just fuck themselves. Just, they're, they're both awful. Both awful. Mate, you could, um, you could Danny Dimes in New it, England. In... Danny Jones. Well, not bad by you. I don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. Um, he'd still suck. <laughs> but um, some some plays for this week. We, like I said, I touched on it earlier. We haven't really done much kind of betting content so far this season, as we kind of get a bit of the lay of the land and. I think we'll probably keep it minimal each week. I'm really enjoying kind of more of this um, analysis type stuff rather than the the betting content. But I think I do think it's time that we we do bring in a, a bit of the old the old stuff um, that that we we are known for. Um, 
Was there anything that you've been looking at for for this weekend that that you like? Oh, look, not not massively, other than what I've kind of mentioned already. Um, there's a few games or a few outsiders at the plus that I'd be definitely willing to take, but uh, I haven't got a multi like you do, mate. So keen to hear your though. Here's hear yours though. Yeah, I've got a couple. One one of the things that I wanted to to mention was that uh, Texans Falcons game. Um, Looking out for, for CJ Stroud and, and Bijan Robinson props, obviously those markets generally aren't available just yet, uh, but should become more open over the next few days. Um, the Texans own the, the number five DVOA passing offense. Like you said earlier, Nico Collins and, and Tank Dell um, ha- have just balled out. They've caught five of six um, of, of CJ Stroud's passing touchdowns through four games. Um, Nico Collins is by far the Texans' leading yard yardage receiver um yeah the fifth dvoa passing offense in the league against the falcons 27th ranked dvoa pass defense uh and the opposite is true in 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 the rush game atlanta have dvoa's number 10 rushing offense against the texans 28th rushing defense i kind of feel like um both these teams suck on defense and so this one could be a bit of a, a shootout like a 27 24 or something like that where you're looking at you know 50 plus points um I think the line is uh, something around the 45, 46 mark. So um, I wouldn't mind having a, a play at the overs in that one, potentially. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on that one. A couple of a couple of other little plays. Uh, I've got an early, an early same-game multi. Uh, Washington to win. Terry McLaurin over 58 and a half receiving yards, DJ Moore over 48 and a half receiving yards and Brian Robinson, anytime touchdown. I think uh, for Justin Fields, he's going to be forced to throw. Uh, the commander's rush defense is pretty good. And I think they're going to force him to throw the ball, which is good for DJ Moore. Uh, I think that he's, he's going to get plenty of opportunities and and that's a pretty low line for a guy as talented as, as he is. And he's been in that, in that offense for a month now. Um, in, in live games. So I expect that he's going to keep improving. And and hopefully what we saw out of Justin Fields um, last week is kind of the start of something for him. Terry McLaurin, I think, coming back from injury uh, a couple of weeks ago is, is, is again, getting acclimatized in that offense. Um, was pretty good against Philly and, you know, what is on paper, a pretty good defense. And I think we'll, we'll continue, you know, he's he's going to be the number one guy in that in that offense. And Brian Robinson is just a beast when you get to the, the red zone. Um, and so if you put that together, you get 750, you can get up to kind of 828, 30 if you boost it, but play around. And if you throw in the the overs in that one, you can get up to 11 or $12, uh, which I don't mind as well. Uh, and then the last one for me was just a, a bit of a play around, a couple of the, the favorites, um, Washington to win, Buffalo to win, Detroit to win, and Cincinnati you can get kind of between 150 and 170 ish if you if you play around. Um, 369, 370 is the, the multi that I got there. Get up just above $4 boosted. And if you feel like it, a bit of value, as we've touched on a few times, Houston to win at $2.10. Adding that to the multi, you can get about 770, 775 ish, uh, and up to about nine bucks if you can get a good boost somewhere. So, yeah, don't mind a bit of value there. And um, I, I'm for the first time this season, going to have a, a proper play around this week, I reckon. Any this, any final thoughts? Maybe this could get you a ticket to um, 
to Philly in the October, mate. Hey, there's a there's a playoff run. There's a playoff run. The Phillies, the the, the Fightins, they're one nil up in the wild card. There's a there's a playoff run Woo-hoo. here. This is this is your ticket to <laughs> Philly again, mate. So um, I wish you all the best on Thursday night. Thanks, mate. Any uh, any final thoughts? No, nah, I might jump in on that um, that one too, mate. I like the sound of it, especially that um, that same gamer. So, um, well done this week, and uh, look forward to seeing how those come out. But um, yeah, obviously, let us know what you think, guys. Keen to hear your thoughts. Um, the reason we do it is for well, for our own benefit. We love talking NFL, but we obviously want to hear your thoughts and feedback too. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, interact with us on the social channels um, and we'd love to hear from you. 100%, yeah, just, just to reiterate, like we, we love talking football each week and it's one of the highlights of the week. Um, but there's been some really good, um, you know, we, we've changed things up this year and and kind of keen to hear what you guys think of the new format, uh, the new segments. You know, do you want more of something, less of something? Do you want to hear something different? Let us know uh, or on Twitter at PuntReturnPod. Uh, at Nick Splitter, at Ryan Lapore. We're on Instagram at NFL Podcast. We're on Facebook, the Punt Return Podcast. We're just about everywhere. But let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, if there is stuff that you do want to hear from us or stuff that you don't want to hear from us, we, we want to hear because um, ultimately, you know, you guys are, are what keeps us doing what we do because we could just catch up for a beer and talk football. Um, but it does, it does feel like uh, early this season that, you know, in terms of some listening numbers and whatever that it, that uh, it's some of these changes have been have been well received. But we'd love to hear from you more more directly. So let us know on Twitter, on Insta, on Facebook, or, or wherever. Uh, let us know what you think because because we're keen to hear from you guys what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Um, so let us know. But uh, that just about wraps it up for this week. Uh, we've gone again a little bit longer than I expected, but that's just about normal um, for this week. Go birds. Bills.